Why, hello there, and welcome to the clubhouse with Mariano Bofamonte. I'm your host, Mariano, but everybody calls me Mario, which is what I'm going to go by here and already probably extremely confusing for you. So before we get into this first episode, I wanted to give you guys a little background on what this podcast is going to be. Um, So you know the person who always knows about the last season of The Real Housewives and also knows exactly how many Marvel movies came out last year? And they also know how many albums Drake just sold with his 14 fucking record this year. Okay, yeah. So that's me. I love this shit. I love knowing the celebrity gossip. I love knowing who just dropped an album. And if it sucked, I love knowing which Kardashian just got a new face this week on Instagram. And because I love this shit so much, I decided to package it in podcast form and release it to the world so that they can know a little slice more of what is happening in the pop culture world. Spoiler alert, it's all trash, except Real Housewives of New York, Dorinda and Leah just have my heart. Anyway, imagine like Stan Twitter, but for pop culture, that's that's me, that's what this pod- podcast is. Before we move any further though, I also want to formally put on the record that I don't think I've ever explained myself well in my life. So if stumbling, cursing, and making an asshole out of yourself isn't for you, then baby girl, I think you should head out right now. And finally, if you're wondering why the show is named The Clubhouse, it is to honor the overlord of all things Bravo, Andy Cohen. I'm honestly just doing this until Andy decides to retire because by hell or high water, Watch what happens live will be mined. So Andy, in the meantime, keep the clubhouse warm for me. I'll be in soon. And a little side story before we actually get into the show. And I think I've said that like three times already. I basically outed myself about the show before any of this even happened. So I made an Instagram account, I think like last week. And unbeknownst to me, if you sign up with an an email that like, I guess is attached to other accounts, it's going to send out a notification to everybody you know, letting you know that you started a podcast and didn't want anybody to know at this point. So that was always fun. Anyway, let's get into it. So every week we're going to be having like a little routine of sorts. Um, We're going to have a bunch of topics that we're always going to um, head over and discuss. So first up is going to be the tech update. We're going to be talking about things like auto news, technology news, things like that. Then we're going to head over to the screening room. That's going to be where we talk about TV show recaps. If there was any, you know, big news in the entertainment industry, that good stuff. Then we'll be moving over to the main stage, which is where we're going to be talking about our music releases. And if you can't tell by now, I love naming categories. Then we're going to be moving over to the Netflix top trending. So we're going to be looking at what is currently trending in Netflix and probably um, going to be making fun of them because, like I said, this all is trash. Um, Moving forward... Next, we have the controversy of the week, or who said that, which if you don't catch the reference, that was um, season nine of Real Housewives of Atlanta, when the housewives heard a rumor that Candy is a lesbian, and they called her out on it, and then everybody went around the table and was like, who said that? I'm going to try to plug that little audio clip in, but don't count on it because I'm not very good at the technical shit of this. 
Next, we're going to be doing a positive story every week, and this one's going to be called Helpful Hand of Hope. And then finally, we're always going to lead out with next week's topics. So I'm going to obviously let you guys know um, what shows or albums we're going to be discussing so you guys can join in on the conversation. Also, I'm not talking to actually anybody. I'm literally talking to myself right now. Nobody's going to be listening to this. So basically, it's just to let me know. It's going to let me know in advance what I'm going to be talking about. All right, so without further ado, let's get into it. Over in the tech update, um, the first thing is um, Android 11 beta came out. Um, so if you don't know, every year, just like Apple does, because they they're probably more known for their betas, um, Android releases their beta uh, of the new software. They're basically, it's like, it's not done yet, but it's usable enough so that the people who make the apps can get their hands on it beforehand to either, you know, use any of the new features they've added or just to uh, make sure their app can run on the new software. Um, so Google released their beta developer build of Android 11 um, that focused on advanced notification controls more location services, accessibility options. You know how a lot of people are talking about the privacy concerns that in certain apps, they're always um, logging your location in the background. So Google added a bunch of new features to kind of put the power back in the user's hand to turn those options off. And then finally, which they did a bunch more things, but these are probably the three biggest. And this one is actually the most important. Um, they try to fix the terrible text messaging system they have going on. And honestly, I didn't realize how bad text messaging is on Android until my friend got one. And I saw that it tells you whether your text was sent as an SMS or an MMS. I thought we dropped that when we all upgraded from our sidekicks. But clearly, Android people have still been living in 2006, which is, it's news to me. I thought, um, and, and also, to deal with those hideous green bubbles that iPhone users get, when it's just immediately just like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, I'm not positive on a time frame for when 11 um, properly releases. However, and I will say, that's a problem of itself too. Um, from time to time, I've wanted to throw caution to the wind and get an Android phone, but one of my biggest gripes, well, not my biggest gripe, but still a problem, is that depending on which Android phone you get is dependent on when you'll actually get an upgrade. For example, Samsung Galaxy phones operate on Android. However, Samsung, like a lot of other Android phone companies, basically like recreate the software in their like image or like their like design language and add their own little touches before they release it to their consumers now for them to do that it actually takes weeks and sometimes months to be available to their you know phone users from when the initial software is out from google iphones don't have that problem and that's why i'm not ready to take on that problem I have enough of my own to worry about. Thank you. So 
Next up, we have the PlayStation 5 announcement. So this one is actually cool. Um, they released a lot of information. The, the big release of the PS5, at least this week, was its design. Um, throughout the months, they've been announcing like little tidbits about like the processor and blah, blah, blah. And I don't give a, I don't fucking know what the processor, if it's good or not. Obviously, it's going to be good. It's the new PlayStation. Um, but the, the design is, it's like, imagine like, an uh-oh oreo like the one that has like the vanilla wafers on the inside uh, on, the, on the outside and then the like the chocolate cream on the inside that's what it looks like um there's okay so it stands vertically there's two versions there's one with a blu-ray drive and then a digital edition which the digital edition is the same as the other one but just without the drive um it looks way thinner. If you ask me, it actually looks better. They have a pre-order available for $700. And now my, well, not my concern, but I think that what's the case is, yes, they have this $700 pre-order. However, I don't think it costs $700. I think it costs more than that. But they're just giving everybody a $700 pre-order to put their money in. Um, announced with the PS5 was a bunch of games. Um, one of the more important ones, at least to me, was um, the sequel to 2018's uh, PS4 Spider-Man game. They announced Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is pretty cool. Um, they showed a trailer. It looked fucking awesome. Um, and it's going to be coming out holiday season of 2020. Um, also, before we leave this topic, a fun little note about the gaming industry, which I'm, I was very shocked to hear about this. The gaming industry made more in revenue than the music and television industries combined, combined in 2019, which is actually crazy when you think about it, because a lot of people consider the gaming industry like a very niche kind of market and like a certain type of uh, like not a certain type, but like a, uh, only like certain consumers, like people who like video games, buy video games, but clearly a lot more than everybody realizes if they if they beat by over they almost doubled the mil music and film industries together. That's fucking crazy. Okay, let's move on to the screening room. So this week, we're going to be talking about season 12, episode 11 of Real Housewives of New York. This actually, this week is actually very Bravo heavy, and I want to let everybody know in advance, it's not always going to be like this, although I do love Bravo. I'm definitely going to add in some variety, but for some reason, last week, there was a lot going on in the Bravo universe, and I think that there's actually still more to come. Um, but we'll we'll get there if it actually happens. Um, anyway, so Real Hazards of New York, we saw the last episode of Tinsley Mortimer. She's moving. She got engaged and she's moving to Chicago. But actually, she didn't even get engaged at that point when she was moving to Chicago. So whatever, let's go in sequential order. So first things first. Sonia, at the beginning of the episode, goes to uh, meet with Luann to um, have, well, see the auditions for the comedians that are going to be at uh, Luann's new show, Cabaret Show, um, Marry, Fuck, Kill is the name of the show. So she walks in and she goes, oh, I dressed up today. I'm wearing Kyle and Kendall. I 
literally pissed myself. She meant Kylie and Kendall. I, like, if that's not Sonia in a nutshell, I seriously, there's no other way to put her. She's so, like, innocently stupid, but, like, in the best way, you you just can't be mad at her. Um, Next, everybody. Okay, so... I went into the scene with them going to the Blood Manor because everybody, well, at least I did because I'm a psycho. I already knew like they were going to go to Blood Manor because I saw it in the trailers, in the past trailers. So I was like, I bet you like their entrances are like going to be like insane. And they did not disappoint. First up was Leah and Tinsley. Leah laughs. Leah literally laughs at the scary, like, zombie, whatever. Tinsley shrieks, which is completely on brand for her. Nobody notices Elise. I have a running theory that, and Twitter does as well, that Elise is actually a ghost. Nobody, no, there has been at least four different situations where Elise is talking and just nobody even acknowledges her. Nobody acknowledges her. Nobody even looks in her direction. They just keep it moving. And I think that the zombies too, they don't even see her. They don't see their own kind. They don't see the supernatural. Um, Dorinda almost punches the guy out, the first guy, and then laughs at the second one and then starts dancing with them, which is just why she has my heart going back. She just has my fucking heart. Um, Ramona freaks out, which is just always a good time to see. Luann scampers away, as a countess would obviously do. And finally, the queen herself, Sonia, screams that she should have worn a diaper while running away from the clowns. Which is, if that's not New York in a nutshell, I don't know what is. Um, moving forward, after they go to Blood Manor, they head out and grab some dinner. Um, and that's when Leah announces to the table that... Tinsley is moving. And at this point, I don't think that anybody really like believed her. Um, I love my girl Dorinda. I've already said it three times in the past 15 minutes that we've been talking. But that turkey baster comment was out of pocket. I didn't really like that. Because whether or not Tinsley had a child or Ken, like, and you know, everybody saw her IVF journey, everybody saw all that. I just didn't like that comment. And Tinsley's is annoying. And her overarching problem with Tinsley, I would be just as mad as they are if my friend was suddenly touting on social media her new life when the past several weeks she's been denying that anything is going on. So I I understand. And then and again, at this point, I don't think everybody realized that she was really going. Um, moving forward in the episode, we see Sonia get the deal with Century 21 storefront. She got two stores and then they said they're going to be rolling them out to more if this one goes well, which I hope it did. I hope we see more of that as the season continues because I'm really, I'm proud of my little Sonia's. Um, next we see Ramona getting ready for her annual party and Every season, there's three things that you can count on. One, Ramona throws a party. Two, the theme is something along the lines of her starting some sort of new phase, chapter, or evolution in her life. And three, she fucks over Dorinda and Sonia in the process. And I seriously love her for it. Those girls are like sisters. 
Ramona's an older sister who hates having to bring her siblings everywhere, but will cut a bitch if they even look at them the wrong way. Dorinda is the mouthy middle sister who calls the other older sister out on her shit. And Sonia, my Sonia, is the clumsy little sister who's just happy to be outside of the house. I like I understand this fight that they have because it's almost every year. And I think that if the mid-season trailer, which by the way, we got after this episode finishes, any indication, I think that the girls really like had enough of it this time. Um so I'm gonna I wanna see how that goes. Um next, the rest of the episode is basically Tinsley Tinsley's exit, which was I have to admit it was sad. Um, I really wasn't expecting it to happen like that. Um, and if you're following along at, at home like I am, BravoCon was November um, November 11th and 12th, like that weekend. And they said that they're going to the Berkshires um, at that dinner uh, with, when, when um, Leah told the table that Tinsley's leaving, whatever. So this happened before BravoCon and she's obviously there before BravoCon. Um, so interesting little time frame. This was going on behind the scenes before anybody even knew about it. Um, so moving forward, we see them go to drinks at T-Bar and I, and I want to say, I think that, that, that drinks at T-Bar was the first time since Tinsley joined the show that the girls were genuinely nice to her. It still doesn't feel real that she's leaving, but I think it's because we've seen her be so miserable more than she's happy, but she's finally there. And to like end it off, she got her closing credits and her fairy tale. She got her fucking fairy tale and now she's gone. And I think seriously, she's been on for, th- well, four seasons, technically three and a half because she's she left mid-season this year, but... She was like the full circle moment. Like she came on the show a fucking mess and she seriously made it. She made it out the other side and she left on her own accord. She left very well. Everybody on Twitter used the word gracefully and I agree. She left so very nicely. Um, next, we got the mid-season trailer, um, which looks like the girls don't skip a beat, even with Tinsley gone. Um, and it looks like Ramona is going to be at the center of the drama. And as Leah is continuing to do the Lord's work. So I'm just so excited to see how the rest of the season goes. Um, and also, just a heads up before we finish, wrap up on this section. Um, Real Hazards of New York is taking a two-week break. And we'll be back on the second. And Beverly Hills will be back the following week on the 8th. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to do with myself until then, but hopefully I'll be able to make it because I don't think I will. Um, in Vanderpump Rules news, if you haven't heard, you've been living under a rock. But in the most shocking turn of events, and maybe just shocking to me, Stasi, Kristen, Max, and Brett have all been fired from Vanderpump Rules. Um, if you don't know, just a little background. Uh, back in 2018, Stasi and Kristen called the cops on their cast me of the time. Faith Stowers, um, who, by the way, was and is still currently the only black cast member in Vanderpump Rules history. After they thought that Stasi and Kristen were smart enough, because they are not enough to solve a crime in which they thought Faith committed, they thought she was a thief or some bullshit, um, they called the cops on her. 
So not only were they fucking slime balls for calling their cops on their coworker, Faith literally had nothing to do with the crime. So that was their um, crimes against fucking humanity. Um, fast forward to the opening of this past season premiere, the two, two of the new bloods, Max and Brett, were outed on Twitter for tweeting racist remarks from years ago. Indisputably, what they did was wrong and there should be consequences for being racist and disgusting. And while I do understand they were fired, I hope that not only them, but Bravo as well, will use this as a lesson in how being hateful and racist is disgusting. If you ask me, Bravo should be held accountable just as much as they are being. All four of these dipshits' actions were discussed on the Bravo platform already, whether it be on Watch What Happens Live or even as recently as last week's Part 1 reunion episode. And they were all in the air of that, hey, they made mistakes, but this isn't them, guys, we promise. And listen, I understand that people change their minds and maybe after taking a closer inspection on the issues and statements they made, Bravo decided they were ready for more permanent action. I just hope that this is how they really feel and not them just trying to save face because honestly, that's how it feels to me. I think them firing all four of them, I think Bravo firing all four of them was just Bravo being a flip-flopping floozy. And you know what? Better yet, I think that it would have been more impactful if, since they already let them stay on the show for over two years and several months after each of their respective incidents, I think I would have respected the decision more if it was something actionable, like something that forced everyone, including Bravo, to use their platform to show that these people aren't racist, if that's what they really believe. Make them give up their salary and donate it to the Black Lives Matter movement. Bravo's losing money, they're losing money, but something positive is coming out of it as well. Instead, at least to me, Bravo is trying to cover their asses. And that's just, that's how I feel about it. I also want to say that this just might be me and my privilege talking, talking, and I might not understand what I'm saying. And I'm not looking for anyone to teach me because it's my own responsibility to go out and teach myself. However, if you would like to let me know how I might be blinded or misinformed in this situation, I seriously and sincerely welcome any constructive discussion. Next, we have special, and I promise this is the last thing about Bravo, special Watch What Happens Live two-part um, two part episode with Portia. I will use this platform to amplify Black voices, so please make sure to watch if you missed it. Next, um, and similarly to these two things, MTV also fired D from the challenge after racist remarks surfaced. ABC announced their first ever Black Bachelor, Matt James, who his season will be immediately following Claire's Bachelorette season. Matt James, if you don't know, was supposed to be featured on the delayed season of The Bachelorette. And supposedly, the tea is that Claire didn't even know that Matt was not only going to be the next Bachelor, but he wasn't even going to be on her season anymore. And again, I hope this just isn't the network trying to get some brownie points after they were called out this week, 
But you know the saying, if it looks like a duck and it acts like a conglomerate just trying to save their ass because they have a, ignored their ignorance so long that it literally shows in one of their top shows, not having a person of color main cast member for, in over 18 years, then it's a duck. Quack, quack, bitch. All right. Moving forward to the main stage. So we're going to be talking about music news. Um, this week in new releases, we had uh, Learn to Fly by The Services and Elton John. Um, we had Black Eyed Peas and El Alpha with No Manana. We had Tidiesto with Tomorrow featuring 433. Uh, Maren Morris released a deluxe version of her 2019 album Girl that included two new tracks, um, including Good Woman and Just For Now. Um, we had DaBaby release a Black Lives Matter remix of Rockstar featuring Roddy Rich. We had, which I really debated on whether or not I wanted to even say this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to say it in a way like, don't listen to this, but I'm just letting you know it's out there because he's fucking disgusting. But 6 9 and Nicki Minaj, which again, like, why is Nicki? Nicki, why? You don't need to be on this song. You don't. Like, you have enough money. Like, you need to stay, like, go back in quarantine and stop hanging out with this fucking loser. Anyway, they released a new song called Trolls. Fucking Trolls. Oh my god, annoying. Anyway, we also, in album releases, and what our spotlight is going to be, is Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Haley. Um, so let's get into Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Haley. They put their whole foot into this shit. The lyrics are absolutely phenomenal. It feels like they are accessing every early 20-year-old's life and putting it into this album. And if you have been following them, um, you can tell that they are growing, growing with their audience. And fortunately from them, for them, their audience is their age as well. A lot of artists like, um, let's, for example, Ariana Grande, when she, which is the love of my life, um, when she got, when she got started, a problem was her, her fan base was much younger than her. So obviously her fans are going to grow up, but it took her a while to be able to get there for kind of like their ages to match. And like her, the maturity of her content had to like grow gradually. They, fortunately, and it worked so fucking well for them, their fan base is their age. So they are growing together. Um, everybody already knows their vocal abilities are amazing, um, the both of them together. But not as well known is their ability to produce, um, which they did on almost every track this album. Chloe will be the like kind of production side and Haley will be more about the vocals um and the both of them together that combination is fucking phenomenal um some of my favorites of the album are do it um which please be a record of the year contender this song is phenomenally produced um the record if you don't know record of the year versus song of the year record is more about the um full composition while song is more about the like the lyrics i f i feel personally that the record of the year is more meaningful than song of the year but that's uh, that's an aside um 
Another favorite is Tipsy, which seriously, the fact that this song is about killing the dude is just spectacular. Um, Chloe in a lyric says that she showed, she, she unfortunately had to tell your parents that you're dead, but unfortunately she couldn't tell them that it was her that did it, which I love. Um, the title song, Ungodly Hour, another one of my favorites. Um, it's about wanting to get dicked down, but not until baby boy gets his shit together. Because queens deserve kings only. Yes, Chloe and Haley. Yes. Next, Don't Make It Harder On Me. Um, love it. The messaging is like when you want to tell your ex to fuck off, but you're at the point where it just hurts so much. You can't, so you just beg them to leave you be. Um, they did a phenomenal job accessing emotion on this song. My last favorite, um, wonder what she thinks about me. Um, not only is the concept of this song is amazing, but if I'm understanding the lyrics correctly, I think that Haley is acting as the side chick and Chloe is acting as the main chick. And the back and forth that goes throughout this song um, with them kind of indirectly speaking to one another, it, like, ser like it seriously gave me the chills. I was like, wow, the, the amount of attention and thought that they give into each word of their lyrics, it shows. Um, they feel so grown. They feel so ready to take over with this. And I am so happy to be along for the ride. Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Haley. Fucking listen if you haven't already. Um, next, let's get into billboards. Um, so I want to go over every week. We're going to be looking at the Billboard 200 Top 10. And we're also going to be looking at the Hot 100. We're going to be looking at the Top 5 and the Bottom 5. And I, and, I, and I purposely did the Bottom 5 because everybody talks about the Top 5. And those bottom five, sometimes, not always, but sometimes they're like the newbies that like just got their first like entrance and they deserve recognition as well. They do. So I'm going to help them with that. All right. So week of June 13th on the Billboard 200, we had number one, Chromatica, Lady Gaga. Love the fucking album. She also did amazing with this 2020 release. Um, debuted at number one with 200 and wow, 264,000 sales. Um, number two, we have a life on the flip side, Jimmy Buffett, Buffett, I don't fucking know. Um, My Turn by Lil Baby is number three. Number four is Wanna by Gunna. Number five is High Off Life by Future. Number six, Dark Lanes Demo Tapes by Drake. Number seven is The Goat by Polo G. Number eight is Emmanuel by Annuel AA. I think I'm saying that right. Number nine is Blame It On Baby by DaBaby. And number 10 is RTJ4 by Run The Jewels. And that's a new entrance for them. Um, looking at the Hot 100 for, again, the week ending of June 13th, we have in the top five, Rockstar by DaBaby featuring Roddy Rich. Number two, Savage Remix by Megan Thee Stallion featuring Beyonce. Number three, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Number four, Say So Remix by Doja Cat featuring Nicki Minaj. And number five, Rain On Me by Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. Skipping down to number 95, we have Trillionaire by Future featuring Young Boy Never Broke Again. 
96 is I Love You or I-L-Y by Surf Meza featuring Emil. Number 97 is One Beer by Hardy featuring Lauren Alania and Devin Dawson. Number 98 is July by Noah Cyrus and Leon Bridges. That is a phenomenal song. Number 99 is All In by Lil Baby. And number 100 is Solitaires by Future featuring Travis Scott. Some news in the music industry this week. Um, we had Republic Records, the Grammys, and Lady Antebellum all change something about themselves. Um, so we're going to talk about it. We have Republic Records who actually removed the term urban from all their departments. Um, which in which obviously all of this was done in response to um, all the protests and everything that's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and we'll, I have some thoughts, so we'll get into them too. Um, the Grammys have announced similar changes as well to four of their categories. Um, they changed, so Best Urban Contemporary Album has been changed to Best Progressive R&B Album. Best Rap Sung Performance is now Best Melodic Rap Performance. They also renamed Best Latin Pop Album to Best Latin Pop or Urban Album and switched Best Latin Urban or Alternative Album to Best Latin Rock or Alternative Album. They also uh, they also adjusted certain qualifying standards to a few categories as well. Um, any of this, does it really mean anything? I don't believe so, because a recording academy is a buy-off prize. Um, however, hopefully I'm just being pessimistic and with the name changes and the altered rule guidelines, it will show a more diverse and accurate list of nominations and winners um, because I don't, in my personal opinion, I don't feel like that has been um, very, um, let's say, reflected properly the past few years. Um, anyway. Um, lastly, in the name change news, um, Lady Antebellum has actually changed their name to Lady A after realizing the ties that the name has to slavery, um, which is good for them. I think that um, it didn't feel pressured. It didn't feel like they were um, in a position that they were um, being made to make this change. It was more so that they recognized it and they're ready to change it. Now, one can argue, how did you not realize it already? Um, and I totally agree. Um, but they did and they made the change. So kudos to them for at least that. Um, in some, in some different news, um, Iggy Azalea had a baby, a baby boy. Um, she said that she purposely, basically she said that she purposely was hiding it from everybody. Um, but now she's at a place where she's ready to let everybody know. So that's what she did. Um, so cool for her. Congratulations. Um, next let's get over, head over to the Netflix top trending for this week trending right now is dead to me um season two came out i think three weeks ago i wanted to wanted to watch season one i was literally so close to doing that but then for whatever reason i like stopped myself and i regret it um i really want to get into it um next we have queen of the south my entire family has been watching the show they like fucking love it um i'm not interested but okay um we have uncut gems how to get away with murder um all american queer eye more than a makeover um we have never have i ever working moms la the last kingdom okay 
Game of Thrones knockoff. At least that's what it looks like by the fucking font they're using and the guy with the sword and the blood on his face. Um, Waco, Hollywood, Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, my formal protest with the show being on for fucking 15 seasons is that I will not watch one season. Um, so that's how I feel about Grey's Anatomy. Um, we have Community, Hannibal, Supernatural, which if you haven't heard, so um, with everything going on with the pandemic, Supernatural actually weren't able to um, release the final episodes. They did finish production on them, but they haven't been able to release them. So they are actually waiting until, I want to say this fall, to release like the final five or eight episodes. So keep your eye out for that. Um, Criminal Minds, Money Heist, and why not Married at First Sight? Because if TLC didn't do enough of that, you have more on Netflix. Lovely. All right. Um, next, into the controversy of the week. Who said that? Um, so on Twitter is where I found this. One of the huge debates being discussed right now is if Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Okay, so again we're gonna we're just gonna do it one more time so everybody can understand the severity of this debate if drew barrymore and adam sandler or if jennifer aniston and adam sandler are the better rom-com couple who is it obviously because i have nothing better to do i spent two hours trying to dissect every angle of this argument to figure out the answer to this debate and i think i am finally ready to share my findings with you all and by you all i mean myself so drew and adam have a iconic history together some of the best rom-coms ever made live in their filmography sections of their Wikipedia pages. However, how motherfucking ever, after Jennifer and Adams just go with it, that also had the incomparable Nicole Kidman in their cast, I have to formally announce that Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler won my vote for the best rom-com couple. They're, they're, the fresh dynamics are there. They just did Murder Mystery last year together. It was fucking hilarious. And I think that because Drew and Adam haven't done anything together in a while, or at least in recent history, for me to compare to, I have to give it to Jen and Adam on this one. I have to. And I am just so happy that, you know, I was able to really you know, come, come together for everybody and make this decision. Cause this is, this is the important stuff, man. This is what it is. I'm doing the Lord's work right now. I don't think anybody realizes this. Okay. All right. So let's head out to helpful hand of hope. Um, so I live in New York and I, I know I'm living in New York. So I don't know why I said that because nobody else is listening to care. Um, but we're in phase two now. So now I can go to bar taco, which is very exciting. And actually, well, I tried to go to Bar Taco last night and it didn't really work out well. Bar Taco in Port Chester had a 48 person wait, a 48 person wait. And the Samford one is only like 20 minutes away. So we called them and we said, hey, 
can we put our names on the list? And they were like, yeah, there's like 13 people ahead of you. We can't put your name in, but it, it's you only have 13 people, so it won't be that bad. So he said, okay, no problem, we'll be there. Five minutes later, they call us. Sorry, we're not taking any more people because we close at nine o'clock. It was 7.30. So we were like, okay, great. We're not going to eat tonight. So then we go over to Mexico. Mexico, not allowing anybody to go in. Just no, no, sorry, no more people. And then we ended up at Fortina's. It was, it was good. It was eh, but it was not Bar Taco. And I just, I wanted Bar Taco. I, I'm, I'm a Brad and I wanted Bar Taco and that's what it is. Um, also in this little helpful hand of note, hope section, um, I got a, a notification from my motivation app that I wanted to share with everybody. Okay. However bad life may seem, there is always something you can do and succeed at. While there's life, there is hope. And that was by Stephen Hawkins. Um, take it that as you will. I'm not going to give any interpretation to it because for that, I want you guys to kind of apply it to your own lives. Um, but it was a nice little quote that I wanted to um, share with myself because I'm talking to myself. Um, all right, let's let's wrap this thing up. Let's land this plane. Um, for next week's topics, we have Space Force Season 1, Episode 1. Um, we're going to be talking about that. I might be a little late to this game, um, but I want to do it anyway. I'm really excited to watch because... I have been, again, I've been like procrastinating dead to me and Space Force, and I'm ready to start with Space Force, so we'll see how it goes. Um, and then also, um, The Politician Season 2 um, comes out, so we're going to be doing Season 2, Episode 1. Um, season 2 comes out June 19th, um, so make sure you watch it. I watched Season 1, and it was phenomenal, and if you're not... Um, if you don't know this because you're normal, because I do know this, um, they contracted, at least they contracted um, Ben Platten. I don't know about whoever else, but they contracted him for five seasons. And every season is going to be about a different political campaign that he's running. And then with the with the goal of the fifth season being him running for president. Um, so last season, which was season one, the first season was about him running for student body president. Um, season two is about him running for Senate, I want to say. I think it's Senator of New York. Um, anyway, we're going to find out anyway. I'll have an answer for you for next week. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Um, so as we head out, I want to say thank you so much for listening. If you actually are, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. And Andy, I'll see you soon. Bye.